getting up and going, huh? Yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, it shouldn't really matter that much anyways, right? I mean, it's not like anything happened this week. No, it's been <laughs> really, a slow week. It's not really a lot to talk about, is there? No, slow week, not much going on. Yeah. Bad shadows going on here. Busy weekend, though. I got to, I got to listen to Mike Pinozo give a, a speech. That was kind of fun. <laughs> How'd I hold up? All right. Uh, yeah, it was good. I actually quite enjoyed your speech. Thank um, you. It was, it was entertaining. It was funny. Uh, you'd never know that you actually do quite, quite good at uh, public speaking. I'm, proud of <laughs> I'm not. I don't know if I do good at it. I, I don't. I don't. You know, it scares the hell out of me, and I'm always nervous as hell. But, but it's once you get up there and you start rolling, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, you had a good audience. Uh, I mean, they, they laughed at your jokes. Yeah, that's that's key. Well, it helps when they're Wisconsin people. They'll laugh at anything. <laughs> Wait. See? What? See how that works? <laughs> I had to play along with it, you know. Yeah, you did a great uh, job. You, um, it's a good thing you didn't open with that uh, Bears joke uh, earlier on. You probably would have lost the crowd right away. <laughs> you at least saved it for the end. That was smart. That's right. Close strong. Yeah. So what's going on, guys? Chris, what's 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 the what's what do you want to talk about first, Chris? Better or WPA? Oh, I don't know. Which does one naturally follow the other? I don't know. Let's go with Fedor. Okay. Pretty wild announcement, huh? I yeah, it's it's wild, completely unexpected. Although we all did talk about it maybe three or four months ago. I think just randomly we spoke about it for a few minutes. But yeah. um yeah, what does everyone think? You know, it's well, let's it's all over the board, really. I mean, you know, well, I think I think it's got to naturally start with, uh, I mean, it's Fader's post, right? I mean, basically, uh, in in so many words, he said the U.S. has always been like a second home to him, and everybody has accepted him as one of their own for this entire time. So it felt natural to him, um, as like a home away from home, maybe becoming the home. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that's what I read when I read his post about it. And he said, of course, he's going to give more updates coming soon uh, when he's has a little bit more time from his YouTube page. But I think it's I think we got to start right there, right? With the idea that this felt right to him. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, he's uh, it, I don't think this is one of those situations where Matrim said to him, you know, we need to make USA stronger. Would one of you guys play for USA? I think it was more a matter of, you know, this is this is the place he's adopting as his own, you know, and was was that going to be good enough? I mean, look at it. he he was a lock to make Team Europe, and with him on Team Europe, they were close to a lock to make forty thousand, right? So now he's rolling the dice on twenty. So it's got to be sincere. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I I love that he uh, that he's taken to the U.S. this much and that he's got permanent residency and did he plans on getting citizenship and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, did Matchroom twist a little bit to rationalize doing it this quickly? Yeah, for sure. God damn it, Darren. You already are coming at it. We got, we got to wait a little while and talk about Fader before we jump into that. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, just go straight for Oh, by the way. Get yourself a dynamite billiard sweatshirt. You know these things wow. are the, these things are amazing. Darren, I wore this just because I knew you were going to be our first comment. No, there, there you, go. you go. Look at that, Darren Appleton. Yeah, yeah. No, so dynamitebilliards.com. I think yep. best sweatshirt you're going to be able to buy. All right, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, but you know, just saying. I, I think that that's. I think that it's sincere, <laughs> realistic, and we'll. Uh, now we got Jason. Um, yeah, tomorrow Jason's going to be allowed. Uh, he's going to be announced for Team Asia in the. Uh, Reyes Cup. <laughs> Chris, what's your thoughts? I think it's a good thing for the Cup, but I think for what Darren's saying, I, I said the same thing earlier when we were all talking, does that now mean that anybody with a green card or citizenship or whatever way it works, can anybody just now? Well, I guess who's, yeah. this, who's this opening up? I mean, I mean, Jason and Darren are joking about it, but like, uh, I mean, what, the the new criteria is you have to be a citizen, or you have to have a U.S. passport, or you have to have a permanent residence. So, uh, permanent residence. That uh, who off the top of my head? Jason, Torsten, Mika, Darren, Hoven Bustamante, 
Um, yeah, yeah, Roberto Gomez. I mean, that's that's just a few off the top of my head. Um, I think John, even John Mora. John Mora is a permanent resident, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I don't, I don't think he lives. I, last I knew, he was living in um, in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. You know, I mean, I don't know. They'll probably add number four, which if you have a cousin living in the country, it works. Um, but you know, th this whole thing about the five year, he or she cannot change representation for five years. Um, I'm interested in how that, you know, how that plays out in starting now, of course. <laughs> right, right, starting now. So, um, so, you know, what that means to me is that if Jason plays for Team Europe this year, he can't switch Team USA for five years. Well, I, I think Jason just said that uh, he's he's going to be announced tomorrow. So I think Jason. Well, if, you know, he could. And if, as long as he made his commitment <laughs> before October 1st, it shouldn't be any problem. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Jason's making some news right there. Guy, SBB, Fetter. And him? And oh, and now he's. Tyler. Tyler. So yeah, he's saying no yeah. Billy or Tyler. So you're, what you're saying, Darren's not worthy. You're saying Roberto Gomez, John Mora, Mika. Torsten, I mean, none of those guys are worthy. You got to go straight to Americans. Don't we, don't we have enough Americans on Team USA? Can't we can't we start getting some other players in here? I don't know. You can see straight away though how ridiculous things can get. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Matchroom are going to have to come out and say something and explain everything. Maybe just a video, just an explainer. But otherwise, they're going to be getting peppered left, right, and center. And yeah. I mean, well, realistically, I mean, they're. If they did this based off of who deserves to be there by who's the best players, based off the criteria, there's going to be two Americans. It's going to be Shane and Sky, and that's yep. it. Because you're not taking, you're not taking, you're not going to take. I mean, Tyler's playing good right now, so don't get me wrong on that. But I mean, if, if all things are considered equal, you're not taking an, an, another American over Jason, Torsten, Mika, uh, Roberto Gomez, John Mora. I mean, you're not going to take another American over them, right? It would be difficult to it would be difficult to do that just with that selection of names, you know. And, and I even yeah, Darren Appleton, I'd even mention him there. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a team USA consisting of three Europeans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They need to explain it quickly. I think uh, I don't know whether they will. <laughs> it's uh, it's just going to get out of control straight away. I don't know if any of the European players are pissed off about it. I don't know whether Jay or anyone will say anything if even if they were, but or whether they say anything here, but um, there might be some of them that are a bit pissed off about it. There'll be some players that are elated because there's some guys that have been on the fringe of Team Europe for years and Fedor in the mix just made it way harder. So for yeah, some it of those... Up, it opens up to number three, automatic bid wide open right now, right? Yeah. yeah. With David moving up to number two, uh, this yeah, makes I the mean, number three you know, spot pretty available. Anybody yeah. makes a deep run in Vietnam, it's, you know, there's a lot of guys over there. Mario, Max, uh, Jason, or no, uh, yeah, Jason. Oh, is, he, is he playing in Vietnam? Who's that? Jason. Uh, in, the, in the one starting tomorrow. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, a lot, you know, a lot, lot up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Darren just said the green green card holders. Yeah, it's still the same list, I think. Jay, yeah. Mika, Holman, Roberto Gomez, Mora. I don't know if Mora actually has a green card or not. I guess I, I don't. But he's a permanent resident. He's, he's been living in the U.S. full time for. I mean, Alex. I mean, even Peggy Lyon. I mean, is Alex Peggy Lyon a permanent resident? No. I feel like he is. When, when... I don't think so. Because he mean... was. He's been, he'd been applying for something in the U.S. But that doesn't make you not a permanent resident, right? I mean, you could still be a permanent resident trying oh, to. You have to apply for the residency. Just because you're living here doesn't mean you're a permanent residency. No, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's U.S. Uh, immigration. I was lucky enough to be born here, I guess. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I but I, I mean, if if you go off permanent residency, then uh, yeah, the the U.S. will never have. Or I shouldn't say never. They're not going to have. A majority going forward based off of this rules because i don't yep. think it, the only person that you could 
make an argument to take over uh, any of the players that Darren just listed there are is Tyler. I mean, Shane Wolford was a really nice pick when Fedor and Mika. So, yeah, but what you're saying option, is but... this, we're not just talking about Moscone Cup here, right? So, you World know, if Darren, if Darren wants, yeah, if, if they want to switch their allegiance right now, um, I don't know when the last time was. I mean, you know, the, it, it, again, it goes to this <laughs> determining which nation representative can't change representation for five years. Well, it, they, as respectfully as I could possibly say this, is is Darren and Mika and Torsten going to be making a team on Europe anytime soon? Probably. But did they play in the World Championship as Europeans? What well, does it matter? Yeah, because if you because you because well, going if forward, you, if you determined which nation you represented, then you got to wait five years. Yeah, you're right. Going starting now, starting right now. That's yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. is is. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, are any of those players going to be making Team Europe anytime soon? Probably not. I can't imagine. A, uh, is Torsten Holman going to be playing for Team Germany coming up for the World Cup of Pool? Probably not. Uh, maybe he thinks $20,000 a year lock every year is worth it. Maybe, you know, is Mika going to be making? I mean, there's a lot of really good Finnish players that are coming out right now. Does Mika have to make the, the World Cup of Pool team every year? I mean, maybe it makes more sense to guarantee yourself a twenty thousand dollar paycheck with a shot at forty every year than it is to play in the World Cup of Pool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty tough question for a lot of these players. But you know, is, is John Moore would John Moore give up a, a chance to play for Team Canada for World Cup of Pool to play for forty thousand dollars every year? I don't know. I mean, it's questions for them, not for us. But they can I don't put in their applications. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. And now we're really, I mean, I think the reason the Moscone Cup was as, as powerful as it is, is almost, I mean, it's it's kind of for fun, but it's also not at the same time, the hatred that Europe has towards the, the patriotism of the U.S. I mean, it's almost like the Europeans are like, they, they want to like kind of rub our noses in the idea of the page, uh, us being overly patri uh, patriotic towards our country. And we're playing an entire continent. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like this, it's almost like the, the for fun hatred that comes out of this. Well, all of that's thrown away if you end up having three players that aren't in the U.S. anymore, right? Okay, I mean, I suppose, I mean, I, I don't know, they'd have to pass a uh, constitution test before they get past Billiards Digest. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, you know, here's the thing. So beyond eligibility, what is you know uh, your thought on the timing of it? Uh, the fact that he was listed as a European points getter until September thirtieth, <laughs> and <clears throat> its effect on other players who chased points in Vietnam, who now are kind of looking at one less spot. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you can only assume that Matchroom and Fedel spoke about this when he started his green card application, and he got it two weeks ago or something, right? So, I mean, realistically, what could they have done? Could they have taken them? Could they have enacted? What if he didn't get his green card? I mean, you know, could they have left? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm really curious about what yeah. the actual timeline was anyways, because, you know, Billy Ussery talked about transparency and it would have been nice to know all this stuff. And I sure. agree with them 100%. Yeah. But you can't be transparent about it until everything is signed, sealed, and yeah. delivered, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. otherwise you just open yourself for a different kind of can of worms. So, um, so I, don't kinda, know, I have no idea what their timeline was. Which is kind of what Jason brings up right there in the, the, the comments. With the, he's been on the European ranking the entire time. They just switch it. I mean, it doesn't. It well, doesn't I, don't just, think they, I don't think they could switch it until they no. knew. Well, that's that exactly what, switch, that's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. So, so that's the whole timeline thing that I have no idea. Uh, uh, you know. You don't think Federer could have played for Team Europe this year? Oh, you mean because politically, because of Russian, uh, and and who knows whether that played any role in, well, you know, his allowing him to get on Team USA. Although I don't know, we haven't gotten to the WPA part of this yet. But why why does Matchroom give a crap about anything that the WPA would put on them for no, restrictions? No, if, anyways, if, at this point, the the Russian thing may not have been a WPA thing. It could have been Sky Sports. Telling them that yeah. that a Russian's not going to represent Team Europe. It could have been uh, the venue that they were, you know, the country that they're playing in, may have said 
We're not allowed. We don't allow Russian athletes to play as Russian, whatever the case is. So who knows? I don't know how much of that was involved or not, but it's a possibility. Um, although if it was Sky or the venue, what difference does it make whether he's representing the U.S. or Europe? <laughs> well, that's exactly that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> so that's why that's that's why like when you're saying like he might not have been able to play anyways i mean obviously he was able to play or matchroom wouldn't have put him on the rankings and then if it's if it's a wpa thing then matchroom clearly cares a lot about what wpa thinks so why would it why would they care to not put him on there anyways he's been playing it had nothing to do with it has nothing to do with wpa no oh i don't do it well well yeah and if and if and if it wasn't sky if sky sports didn't think he was eligible then why has he been on the rankings to begin with is i guess yeah i mean He's been playing under a neutral flag since he came back into the matching events, hasn't he? So, right. so he's playing in other events. And who knows whether this event has a different ramification with somebody. Who the hell knows? I don't know. It's a good question to ask Matchroom. I don't know if they'd tell us. Uh, replying to Darren Appleton, uh, Josh is not playing in Vietnam. Yeah. Which in itself is a whole different story. A whole no, different but- yeah, whether Fedor could have play, whether Fedor could have played for Europe and whether he should have are two different things. So my view would have been that he shouldn't have, or there shouldn't be any Russian athletes playing in anything at the moment until they have a new um, status of citizenship, which he now has. Um, but you know, probably shouldn't have been playing up until now or a couple of weeks ago. That's just my view, but that's for any Russian athletes in any sport, not just not just him. It's got nothing to do with him personally. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, I was thinking, could it be Sky Sports? And then I realized, well, Sky Sports aired all of Wimbledon and they had Medvedev and uh, the yeah. woman, you know, the gorilla woman. Yeah. Ranked number one. So um, so it didn't seem to be an issue for them. So I don't I, I don't know. But it's it's possible that played some role in it. It's also possible that better just generally said, listen, is there any way I can play for USA? Because I'd really like to. I, that's, I, I think it, when, when we get down to it, I think that'll be what it what it genuinely is. But the people you got to feel sorry for in the immediate term, the bad side's obviously for Billy and Tyler, isn't it? They're the two that are going to be. Well, affected. I mean, now you've got the four and five spot open, and, and I agree with what Greg Hogue's saying. I agree with what Greg They should have announced Fetter as the first wild card pick. And, yeah. and leave the guys chasing the points, chasing the points. But you can essentially do the exact same thing just, by yeah. saying by by maybe not writing it in stone, but saying you know we're going to take the number four guy. Well, yeah. Why why wouldn't we're Jeremy take... at this point? You want to talk about Jeremy like really stepping up and being a leader for Team USA? Why? I mean, Jeremy has rights to pick whoever he wants for the wild. And he could say fight. right now, why? whoever's number four gets in. I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's it. I think I think JJ that... really really mm-hmm. wants to be a great leader for Team USA and really like. Uh, give some props to those players who have been chasing because I know that right. uh, you know we had a little bit of a discussion in our private group and, and Ray was a little upset with us. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping he'd be able to join for this because he's, he's <laughs> quite upset. upset. <laughs> as, as, as somebody who is as somebody who is one of the people chasing uh, this, these Moscone Cup points, he feels like he's. I don't want to you know speak for him, but he seems like it, he says it's just isn't fair for players like him, BJ, Billy, Tyler, players like that who I have been chasing all year, invested their time and effort and resources into to getting those points, to basically be told none of that matters anymore. Uh, you know, Shane, Sky, and uh, Fader are your three picks, and I guess the rest of you can pound sand. This is how it's going to be. No, maybe J- I, I, maybe I, JJ's I, stepping up and says, "All right, I'm taking number four, the very first yeah. wild card, based off of whoever's fourth on the list." That's a, that's a solid I, for everybody who was chasing it. I think that that would be a smart move for JJ to do, and then going forward so next too. year, if you know if if Fetter now is on the U.S. points list, then it's all moved, and you just go top three again, and and your your you know your wild cards for four and five. So. You know, to me, if if one, two, and three are as much a lock going forward as we all kind of assume they are, then everybody's chasing wild cards from here anyway. So that in itself becomes a points list. It's not an automatic points list, but listen, if you want to get picked for four or five to play with those other three guys, you better be right around four or five in your points. You better get out there and play in all those events and show that you belong and you can step up and play, you know, you're, you're, you're chasing, you're putting in the effort, you're getting in Greece, all those terms. Um, so it, it kind of, to me, almost serves the same purpose. Yeah. I mean, and, and looking at Team Europe now, uh, I mean, obviously this opens up 
some spots here, but uh, where is uh, where's Josh Filler on that? <laughs> Josh Filler on that um, is a really interesting subject right now because we know that he played in Qatar and won. We know he played in China and won. And we know he just blew off Hanoi. So now with the WPA mandate coming down that you have to make a choice come March 1st, his choice becomes really interesting, and yeah. even in how it affects him this year. Now, I don't expect him to make any decision before March 1st, any public decision before March 1st. But, you know, if, if you're Matchroom, if you're Ralph Eckert, uh, what kind of spot are you put in right now to to try to find out where his allegiance is going forward before you make a pick for this year? I don't think that's out of line to take that approach. Chris? I don't think it's out of line to take that approach. But whether, you know, if he goes looking for the truth from from Phil, from Josh on, on what his future plans are, whether he gets the truth out, truth out of him or not is like... Probably not. You know. <laughs> you know, and I don't Josh blame him. I don't blame him. I wouldn't tell anybody until I had to. Anyways. No, no. But I mean, um, I don't think it's going to be so, you know, in this instance, in this conversation, it's Josh. But, you know, going forward, will this decision by Matchroom, will that entice a couple of the, or encourage a couple of the American players who have missed out to go WPA route next year? Because they're probably, there's a few of them that are never going to get on the Moscone Cup team now. They're never well, going to play in the World Cup. Let's talk about that, what right? events you want to play in. It depends, but you know, um, some of those guys are sponsored by Predator as well. Predator, I, I hear that Predator and WPA aren't getting on particularly well at the moment, but they're going to need each other moving forwards. There's uh, the Qataris are in the mix as well. So, I mean, how, how gonna... many players does this truly affect? I mean, looking yeah. at the, the federations that we're talking about, I mean, if, if you have a federation that doesn't give you financial backing, so let's look at the ones that actually do. How many players is this really affecting? Obviously, it's going to be All affecting the, the Netherlands, All Germany, the Poland, uh, I Taiwan. believe. Taiwan, I believe. Um, uh, I don't you know. see. I, I don't know how many are actually getting financial backing, and how many of are just having their their travels covered. Well, so but even, I know if, even if you don't get financial backing, you make the step away from WPA. You know. You can't play in the World Eight Ball Championship. You can't play in the World Ten Ball Championship. You can't play for your team in the World Games. You can't, if you're an Asian, you can't play in the Sea Games. If you know, so there's there's a lot that's involved in that. Mm. Um, so from from that standpoint, um, it's really interesting. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who who picks what. You're gonna, like I said, I expect all the Polish players. Maybe one or two, maybe like a Misko will say, you know, flip someone off and, and go play in matchroom. But well, Victor, uh, Victor will. Victor's Victor not will. good. Victor will for sure. Victor's not good with his federation, anyways. I'll get. I'll almost. I don't. I don't know this, but get, I know that he's not good with his federation. Well, then why would, did why did he pull out of Vietnam? The Polish federation told him if they play in Vietnam, they're barred. He pulled out of Vietnam. Uh, sure, but so I, did, that so did Wojciech. So. You know, well, they, sure. they bailed, and, and, and he just posted that he's coming home now for a couple of days. Then he's playing in a Euro Tour and the World 8-Ball Championship. Fuck well, what, well, let's let's look at it this way, Mike. Even, even, if, even if you're right, then sure. But what I'm saying is why wouldn't you why wouldn't you pull out for Vietnam? If nothing else, you can play two more big events coming up, get a chance at the World Championship at 8-Ball, get a chance at a Euro Tour, and then break ties with them. I mean, if you're, if you're, why wouldn't you take at least two more swings at it and then leave, right? Take two I more mean, swings at what? What is a Euro Tour a swing at? Well, you're, you're, well, you want to the eight ball championships, the eight ball world championships. Would you rather, uh, you ask any of these, you ask any player in the world, would you rather win the Hanoi Open or would you rather win the world eight ball championships? They're going to take the world eight ball championships, right? Every single one of them. Why wouldn't you? So, so then, I, so then pay a lot of the WPA events and go to matchroom. You could. I mean, if, if that's your options, I mean, why wouldn't you take two more swings? I mean, the Euro Tour, whatever. I mean, I, yes, obviously, whatever to that. That's that's a nothing for. Oh no, I expect I expect Shane to play in the World Eight Ball Championship <laughs> and World Ten Ball if it finishes before March first of next year, sure. uh, and then he'll bail. You know, because those are WPA events, and he's already said bye bye WPA. 
But will he play in those since he can get away with it for the time being? Sure, why not? Take a swing. But he's also playing in Hanoi. He's not skipping tournaments to play in, you know, uh, Indies WPA events. So I'm just uh, saying, don't be surprised if you see Victor say bump to his uh, his federation and decide. We'll to see. Go it's going to gonna be really interesting to see who who sticks and who doesn't. The one thing that I find really interesting is the only ones you've heard from are people who said, "I'm Matrum." Yep. It's the only ones you've heard from. You haven't heard there's, one there's person them, say, "I'm a WPA guy." Not one. You know that a lot of them have guns that are ahead, and they'll have to yeah. say that in the long run. But are they charging out there, waving a WPA flag and saying, you know, rah, rah, WPA? Not a chance. None of them. And that tells you, if you're in the WPA, that tells you what the players think of you. That tells you that they may end up even going along with you, but it's not because they like you. It's because they have to. And it's a real shame that players have to do anything. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Um, but I mean, I mean, I guess going back, I don't know who who are we really talking about. Jonas uh, jumped in and said Finland has a federation. Jonas, is that does that financially back them, or does that just like cover costs for like travel and stuff like that? Does it actually pay you a salary? Because that's really, I think, what's ultimately going to come down to a lot of the players is whether or not they keep their their federation backing, or whether they just decide, all right, uh, Matchroom has better opportunities for me. Uh, is whether or not they're actually getting a salary. And I know Neil. Well, I don't know about salary. salary, but a lot of them, a lot of them will get bonuses for playing in the WPA, like the European Championships and winning a medal, playing yep. the World Games and getting a medal, playing the Sea Games and getting a medal, things like that. So they'll yep. get, they'll get bonuses for that type of thing. Yep. But is that is that worth giving up a matchroom schedule for? If you well, so, I, I don't know. It's, so it's yeah, Jonas has travel expenses. Yeah, yeah matchroom schedule. The traveling expenses are large at a matchroom schedule. Yeah. So, yeah, so absolutely. you got to be able, you got to be ready to bite that bullet and and pull up your big boy pants and go play real pool. And it, well, I think that there's some players who will weigh their options and decide travel expenses. I would rather pay my own travel expenses because I think I can still make more money. Will every player do that? Probably not. In fact, I don't I don't think any of the Finnish players would be um, at that spot. But you, you're telling me right now that if Joshua Filler had to pay his own travel expenses, he wouldn't profit more by playing matchroom? Absolutely. I mean, he would make more money by paying his own expenses, I'm sure. I mean, that said, I'm yeah. betting that he's going WPA. Oh, I'm not arguing with, I'm not with, because, because that is the financially safe thing to do, right? I'm, you, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think he probably will too. What, what I'm really interested to see going forward is how, how many companies will actually start tying themselves um, and their sponsorship based on, like if Josh decided to go matchroom, would Predator then pull out from sponsoring him? Because you know he's getting a salary from Predator. You know that matchroom and Predator are not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Do you think that any of these players' sponsorships are going to be predicated off of which side they choose? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I, think, I think that's just a... I think that's just a given for the predator players. Certainly, the ones that are salary, decent salaries. You know, Josh, people like that. Um, but I would think that between predator and WP, huh? Between the uh, between predator, the WPA, and the people in Qatar, I think between them some players are going to the players that go across to the WPA. Some of those guys are just going to be on a salary to start with. I think some of them are going to be incentivized pretty heavily to go that way. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the WPA calendar looks like next year. Yeah. But well, there, I think there, I think there was 12 events on there last I checked. Like they claimed that they put out, how much was it? Five millions worth of price? About five, about five million, yeah. Five million they put price, out? In total you price know, fund. Yeah. I don't know You know, if you went across to the WPA and you won every men's tournament available, how much of that five million would be yours? Maybe 300 grand or well, something? There's a, like number of, there's a number of events in there that are women's yeah. events. There's a hay ball yeah, event, that's what I mean, a yeah. black ball event, and there's things like that. So, so yeah, it's obviously, you know, if you look apples to apples, it's pretty close uh between the matchroom total and and the WPA total, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what I think about what I think is interesting about the, the WPA schedule at this point is if you remove Predator, which 
I I don't know this to be true, but I've heard that the Predator schedule is a little bit shaky. It doesn't have to be here in five years from now. If that were to falter through, that WPA schedule looks pathetic, to say the least. Well, I mean, you look at – I mean, it sounds like Qatar is buying in with their commitment by being such bullies because the guy who runs the Asian Billiard Federation is from Qatar. So um, – <clears throat> but – I mean, the Qatar Open, China Open, that's what they're hanging a big hat on this year. It's the first time they hit either of those events in about five years. Yep. You know, do you know that those are events going to be here every year for the next five, ten years? If you do, okay, that's something to hang your head on. But if they haven't made that commitment, I'm not banking a lot on them. No, but you can see we're in a pretty ridiculous situation now that we didn't think we'd necessarily be in 12 or 18 months ago. You can see that in 12 months' time, we might be in a PGA slash live situation, something of the same ilk. Yeah. Interesting. Why why is Jim Telfer not on this? Because he keeps, like, piping in, and he he begs (laughs) the question on some – pretty sure some federations would be breaking their own employment laws if they support WPA. I need a little more than that. I mean, can you you give us a little detail? Jump jump into chat for a couple minutes, Jimbo. But, uh, well, this (laughs) – I and I've heard the PGA and the live comparisons. This is nothing like that. I mean, it's, it's look, it, it, it can get to that situation pretty quickly. Something similar to, yeah, you know, yeah, you split. It can get to that the, easily. Essentially, what happened with that is like the live has billions of dollars in oil money that Qatar. they can buy their way. <laughs> Qatar. Yeah, but they've yeah. done nothing to actually show any of that money. Yes. The, the live went and bought. 25 of the, the 40 yeah. best golfers in the world, and then Qatar basically put on one, into the PGA. Qatar put on one event that was better than most of the yeah, events that they've I run mean, the last yeah. 10 years, which the were Liv the worst events. The Live basically bought their way into the PGA. I mean, what is – it's and it's not to – like, Live came in with the money to upend the industry. Matchroom is not coming. Matchroom is the staple at this point. You can say whatever you want about the WPA. It's been around long enough. The WPA is offering up nothing new. Matchroom is not coming in with money. They're coming in with events. And tied to events is the money, right? Matchroom is actually up. Matchroom is the one that's actually doing the things here. WPA, if if WP, uh, if the WPA came and decided to spend fifty million dollars on players around the world and said, "All right, you're now a a, a WPA player. We're going to pay you." Five hundred thousand dollars a year. Sure, they can come to Matchroom and try to negotiate some sort of settlement. But if they got promoters, that happens. Yeah. Um, if, if they, yeah, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. What were you but saying, it, Nate? The PGA and the live, it just doesn't do yeah, anything I, for me. It's not the same situation because the, 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 I agree, the, but, but the what I was going to say is the WPA, they're not promoters, right? They're, I mean, they promote the sport in general, but they're not event promoters. They link on with preventable. So they're not going to pay anybody anything. What the WPA is doing with this move to me is showing Matchroom that they have power at the Federation level, okay, which they do. And, And so they're protecting that and they're flexing that muscle. Now, what I will say about matchroom in their events going forward that nobody has really talked about. We keep talking about the top players and the top tier and all this kind of stuff. A friend of mine brought this up yesterday to me. You look at events like the German, uh, the European Open in Germany, right? 256 players. Where's the where's the bottom 128? Uh, broke. No, they're, they're, it's all deadwood from Germany, right? You go to the Spanish Open, 256 players, bottom 128, 128 Spanish players, Deadwood. Okay, now you go into next year's tournament, those 128 players ain't playing because they're the ones who then play in that event and they can't play in their local tournaments. They can't play in national tournaments. They can't play in club tournaments. They can't play in anything that the German Federation runs, right? Now you took 128 players out of the equation. That, you know, that that's... That's power and strength where not a lot of people are looking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on top we'll of have, that, you are removing a, a handful of pros that have to play for the Federation too. You're you're removing a Joshua Filler on top. So, of well, I mean, we saw it happen in in Vietnam. And this 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 hasn't even really kicked in yet fully. And I think Emily said that that upwards of seventy players, Vietnamese players or Asian players, there 
pulled out out of fear, not even direct bans, but just out of threat, right? So you had to replace those. So again, you get into some of these other tournaments where you're in, especially if you're in Europe and in Asia, I guess, um, you know, you're depending a lot on those local players to beef up that field, right? That's right. Gonna, I, that may honestly, change a lot. I never thought about that. Field. Yeah, I never thought about because I mean, I was just at the U.S. Open and there is a lot of deadwood in there. There's a lot of dead weight. There's a lot of with that being said, though, I mean, as somebody from the U.S., I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried in the slightest about. Um, oh, U.S. is like that. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't have to worry about it. Right. I mean, I don't have any federations that. Well, the interesting thing is going to be and, and, and you said you're going to have Shane, uh, Shane Tyree on at some point. Um, is how is the BCA going to handle American players? Because they're going to be, by by the vote, they're going to be obligated to tell Shane next year, you can't play in the World Game, next World Games. You can't play in the World 8-Ball Championship. You can't play in the World 10-Ball Championship. You can't play in the World Team. Now, someone like Shane probably doesn't care, but you've got enough American players who are going to play in all these events in the U.S. regardless and match them against regardless so who are we going to be sending to these tournaments? Savannah Easton is going to represent the U.S. in the men's division in I got the World Nine Nine Championship. <laughs> I got second at the Wisconsin Billiards Hall of Fame tournament. Can there I go? go. <laughs> yeah, I, you're not wrong. Honestly, you're not wrong. So, I mean, you know, I, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to this that's going to work itself out in the next couple of months. And... Uh, um, before March, there's going to be a lot of positioning, threats, lobbying, buyouts, whatever there's going to be, but there's going to be a lot of posturing in the next couple of months, which is, you know, for us, it's going to be great. We're going to have a podcast every six hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess the only true winners here are uh, Joey Ryan, Melina Mike, Mike Pinozo, Nate, Chris, Jim. <laughs> We have all the content we could ever possibly dream of. That's right. If Jim could ever get time off his job. Well, working Jim, thinks he's, Jim thinks he's better than us. Jim doesn't want to hang out with us. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen, Mike? What do you, I mean, you've been around this industry for 21 years. How long? What do you actually think is going to happen? 21 years? I'm trying to be nice to you. Please. I got it half right. years old. I've been in the industry for 43. Uh, got it half know, right. um, <laughs> what do I think is going to happen? Um, I, that's, it's a real, it's a real wild, you know, uh, it's a real wild card. I would, you know, in the perfect world, Matchroom and the WPA would get back to the same table and Matchroom would say, listen, what do we need to get your stamp on these? Just so you guys will go away and do your own stuff and let us do our, our stuff and not, tell players where they can't and can't play. How do we work that out? That, that to me is, is the ideal situation. Can that happen? You know, doubtful, but it's, there, there's solutions out there. They're both getting, pen, they're both penalizing themselves. They're, they're, they're both penalizing all the players. I mean, I don't know at what point they sit up there and say, we're doing what's best for the sport. And I think, I think the court of public opinion to a certain extent, could force them to get in the same room. Chris, what you know, between think? the players and the fans, you know, uh, really kind of imposing their will and saying, this isn't your sport, Matchroom. It's not your sport, WPA. It's our sport. It's everybody's sport. Figure it out. Well, yeah. and I, I mean, I see a couple of people like talking about a players union. I don't, I don't understand what a players. No, union players is union is the do. dumbest. That, that, that's it, not. It's not going to. What does it do? I mean, if well, if if matchroom matchroom and the WPA have more leverage, I don't care if every single player banded together. It isn't going to change what either side is going to do ultimately. Because oh, I, think, I think you're wrong there. I think it sure could, but I think a players well, union what? is is way premature because you need to have. The, the actual structure in place for what this tour is going to be before the players have something to unionize for. Okay. Well, well, what now, I was, who are they talking to? Well, the, the, I, I guess the, 
what I was going to say is like, even if the, every single player does band together, I mean, they're only going to be choosing the side that's going to win anyways, right? Because there's enough players that are all going to get on well, one side of it regardless. Well, they will determine which side there's, wins. Well, yes, the there's not a, yeah, players. Yes, not that's, that's what I was going to say. They determine there, which sides win. There aren't enough players in this game with enough profiles that can actually move the needle to where you can split them up. So whatever side gets the most players, it's going to be just a, just the same as a player's union to begin with. There's there's not going to be much of a difference by the time that you take if you take Sky and Shane and Fader and Jason and Darren and Coping Chung and Coping all these and you put them on one side of it or even even if you just split them up and have one more over here whatever side gets the most players is going to be the one that wins there's just not enough to go around it's not like golf where you could have two independent uh, a live and a PGA tour that can actually coexist for a certain amount of time until the PGA decided they wanted to just cave. But I don't, I don't think that whatever side the players go to already is going to be the same as a player's union. I don't see why the player's union is effective for getting what they're going to be getting anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyways, Chris, what, I mean, I don't know, Chris, what, what do you think on this? I think Matchroom are just going to forge ahead and do what they want to do anyway. And it doesn't, to a certain degree, matter what players they take with them. The players that are going to be the best known, most famous, well-recognized players in pool are the ones that Matchroom are going to put on Sky Sports and DAZN and all the other networks around the world. They're the guys that are creating the content and selling it. They have Matchroom already work in a sport that is massively devised in boxing. You know, it's yeah. massively, massively devised, fractured, Matchroom won't have any issue if 30 of the top 100 players go to the WPA. It literally won't matter to them. They're going to be selling the WPA and those guys. They're not going to get a, a uh, tournament on TV, are they? That's going to compete with Matchroom's product. So no, why would they give a not shit? Not worldwide. What does it matter to Matchroom? It doesn't matter at all. No, it doesn't. But like I said before, I think I think Matchroom's you know got some some hurdles it's going to have to jump getting into some of these countries getting buy-in from the players you know at the lower level if they want if they still want to continue to have 256 player events in different places in europe or go into asia i mean the vietnam open the acvs tried to pressure the venue and the promoter into shutting down the tournament right and then they went after the players after that didn't work so you know matchroom is going to come up against this time and time again going into certain countries, you know, especially it'd be really interesting to see what's going to happen next year yeah. in Fulda. Well, really now that, that see what happens yeah. next year in Spain, yeah. now that that kind of settled. Not anywhere near Germany's Federation, but yeah. you know, those federations in those countries, they wield a lot of power. Yeah. I, now that, uh, now that I had a little bit of, to chew on that thought of them losing 128 of the dead weight, uh, I guess the question I have for you, Mike, and I, and this is probably your best suited to answer this: Do we have to have two fifty six? I mean, I, I'd assume that we have two fifty six. Well, no, I mean, you know, you, you... because we have the U.S. Open and everything kind of fall, like, followed from that. But uh, historically speaking, the U.S. Open. What's I mean, the value of Deadwood, Nate? Well, of course, added or the money, right? And money, be, of course, it's all I get money. Yeah, it's I get money. <laughs> but but at, but at some point so in time, like what, what, is, what is a match well, event? Five hundred. Do you think that the U.S. Or, what is it? 250. Uh, 250. Oh, entry fee. Oh, entry. It depends. Some 750, some like 250. 250. I think huh? it's only 250 for most of these. It's only, I mean, and do you think, do you think the PGA tour really cares about the, whatever, um, uh, entry fee that the golfers have? Different structure. Events? They got two yeah, of say apples and oranges. We need, yeah, but well, that's, the, that's what I'm getting at. Promoters and pool need that money. Yeah. Correct. Every for dollar. Now. For now. Yes. At some point in time, maybe they won't. I mean, maybe they'll get to a point where they're, you know, sound enough financially that they're able to have million dollar events where there's only yeah. believe me they would love to do that no one would love yeah. to do that more than mantrum you condense the size of it condense the size of foot make it more elite make it better make people have to earn their way into that 64 or 128 or whatever it's going to be but for the time being that extra 50 60 thousand dollars that the bottom half of the field brings in that's that's your first yeah. yes you know first place plus yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you need it. But I mean, yeah, yeah historically speaking, I mean, uh, the U.S. I mean, the World Nine Ball has only been 128. Um, 
the the world or the the Diamond Las Vegas Open that was always historically, um, you know, huge. That was only a one twenty eight. I mean, the U.S. Open really, to my knowledge, is the only event historically that was a two fifty six. What does it matter? Though? That's what that's what I'm asking you, Mike. That's I don't I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, state the question again. The U.S. Open historically has always been a 256, or at least for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. And so now, uh, and so now, like that seems to be where Matchroom is getting this 256 for their other big open events. But if you look at the rest of the the pool world, the pool calendar, a lot of the events are 128 or 64. Yeah. Does it ha- Do you think? Do you think it has to be 256 going forward? Or no, no. I mean, I just know, to, to me again, it's just a matter of how much you want, how what you want your prize fund to be. Sure. If you want, if you want. 128 players to donate $60,000 to your prize fund, you know, you take it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, 128, you know, the, the, um, you know, events like $96,000 that comes in from the U S open. Yeah. So, um, if it's 750, if it's, yeah, if it's 750. Yeah. So, um, you know, you could, you know, you could just go to 128 and still pay the same percentage of the field. And have less, you know, still keep your top prizes pretty much where they're at, uh, you know. So, uh, which you know, the 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 U.S. Uh, the international now is one twenty eight, right? And they still have yep. their thirty forty thousand dollar top prize. Um, so, um, the Diamond Las Vegas Open has historically always been one twenty eight. Yeah, but the but the World Ten Ball has always historically been sixty four, right? And the World Nine Ball has always been one twenty eight. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting thought, right? It is. I'm kind of. I was. I mean, in an ideal world, I think. I mean, I think WPA picked a pretty good time to to throw up this stink with Matchroom. Um, I because I think if you give Matchroom another year to a year and a half of building the infrastructure to have a, a World Nine Ball Tour. I don't think that if this would have came up in a year and a half now, I I can't think of any players outside of maybe the the absolute best federations that would even think about um not going matchroom's way at the direction at the direction matchroom is going with the amount of events the the prize money at each i can't imagine a situation where someone would look at the federation and be like i'm going to give up matchroom for that yeah. but well, right now right now there's plenty of people who might do that right Every year that goes by, there's more and more and more that drop off that list that would stick with the uh, the WPA. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I see Jim posting here about prize money comes from major TV and sponsor deals, not registration fees. In a perfect world, yeah. And and looking ahead, hopefully that's where we get. But, you know, Matrim's been knocking on those doors for a lot of years uh, with some pretty good product. And yeah. they're finding out that TV deals and sponsorship deals are hard to come by. Yeah, they can do it. Um, another, they've been able to do it in other sports, but a pool just isn't attracting non-industry sponsors yet. Apart from well, and 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 realistically, I hate to throw more rain on the parade, but you know, if you look at the sponsors that that Matchroom does have in most of their in snooker and in and um, in darts certainly and in pool, it's it's betting sites. Yeah, Fred, okay. Bet 365. So, uh, and, and for the most a couple of years ago, they had like a Kazoom or something like that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was part of it. Um, but you know, you, you're not going to be able to rely on those people too too many more years because there's there's legislation going down in pretty much every country in the world that's going to start stopping those companies from advertising and events like yeah. this. I think it's so, already been passed in the UK. It's already been yeah, passed. Yeah. So, so you know, it's going to have to. Uh, um, you know they're, they're going to have to find some replacements for that. So thankfully they've got their boxing deal, which you know butters the bread for a good number of years to go. But um, you know, but they got their hands in a lot of different pots as it is. So yeah, yeah. I, I, the WPA has pool, and that's it, right? I mean, like you said, boxing, uh, snooker, darts to a lesser degree. I mean, they all they all butter the bread for matchroom, like yeah. you said. So we'll see how long that lasts. Um, Emily and Barry, they seem to be 100% invested in in it for the long haul. So, yeah. but they also haven't come across a lot of a ton of turmoil, right? Uh, industry pushback. I mean, they've they've. I mean, the U.S. has kind of pushed back on them quite a bit, I guess, uh, along the time for a lot of different um, situations, some fair and some foul, but. 
for the most part, Matchroom hasn't had a lot of pushback from the industry yet. This is really the first time. Yeah. Predator to a lesser degree, but that was really not industry. That was like sponsors. So, anyways, lots going on. Lots, uh, lot, lot will change. Lot will be added to the, to the dialogue and the equation over the next, you know, three, four weeks. What are we? We're about eight, eight weeks away from Moscone. Uh, so yeah, a lot to talk about. You got the, you know, the picks coming up, uh, wildcard picks followed by, you know, once the end of the year comes, then you start looking at next year and then that WPA mandate becomes even more of a talking point. So yeah. What, when is the, um, do you know off the top of your head when the, uh, Las Vegas open and the world 10 ball are in February, there's, they're supposed to run right into like March 2nd. (laughs) So because uh, it always finishes. I wondered how much of that had. To, I wonder how much of that played into the March first date. Yeah, uh, because you know, if, you know, if you, yeah, if, if it's a if it's a big event that you want a lot of participation in, you tell everybody you're not going to chop them at the knees until after the event's over. <laughs> yeah, March fourth seems like a better date if you're not trying to cause controversy. Well, I think March second is is the end, or March third is the end of the whole CSI. Yeah. Uh, as far as I don't think there's any dates that I haven't seen dates set for the world 10 ball yet. I've just saw dates set. For well, it's, the it's always, it's always at the, that's always at the tail end of the Las Vegas open. Right. I mean, it always, there's always a one day gap and then the, the world 10 ball starts right after. Yeah. But then after the world 10 ball ends, there's usually still a day or two of CSI uh, amateur events. So that's what ends on the third. I, I don't think that that's, Right. I think it always ends. I think everything, I think the, the pro event ends on Saturday usually. And then the, the amateur event always wraps up on a Sunday. It could be, I don't, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I guess you said it wraps up. What, let's say the third, something like that. Something uh, March, like that. I think March 3rd is a, yeah. March 3rd is a Sunday. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, it always wraps up on a Sunday. So the first is a Friday. The, the pro event is probably done on the Saturday. That's usually done on the Saturday. Well, if you make the finals, you got to make a decision. Yeah, I was going to say, if you make the final <laughs> see, four. I'd love, I'd love to see it get down to the final four and all four guys go, see ya, got to run. <laughs> oh, my God. Or the or the only person that's left is like uh, some federation, like a poll or uh, a, like Josh or something like that, and the other three just forfeit and they end up getting a bye to the, <laughs> to the championship. <laughs> wow. uh, Jason. You're out. You're out there in the chat. If you're in the final four, if 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 the first is the deadline, and you're in the final four of the World Ten Ball Championships, are you going to finish out the tournament? If that bars you from uh, the rest of them, no, the final a, four guys, they're just going to chop it and go, <laughs> chop and run. A lot of taxes on those chops. <laughs> chop and run. That's. I mean, that's. I. I feel like that's actually like a real question. I mean, if the WPA decides to uh, do that, I, I, listen. If it's if it's March first, March second, March, 3rd, they'll figure it out. This is not, you know. Oh, he's not going to play any of them. All right. Well, there you go. I guess we have our answer. If he's, he's if he's not going to play any of the events, he sure as hell doesn't care about the <laughs> pulling out. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Shane said he's not playing them as well, right? Shane said matchroom only. Jay said matchroom only. Well, no, so, they're going to go with matchroom, but from what I understand, Shane is playing the world eight ball, and Shane is playing the world ten ball. Wow! As long as you can get a, as long as you can get a big tournament like that in before the deadline, you know, have well, at it. Take take their money and run if you can. Jim, I guess I guess my point is is if uh, if the WPA is going to ban you, I I mean I guess I don't know what um, matchroom hasn't necessarily made as black and white as the WPA has, but I can't imagine a situation where the uh, the World Nine Ball Tour is going to allow WPA players, but the WPA is not going to allow World Nine Ball Tour players. Oh, I, I think they will. I think I think they'll. I think they absolutely will. You think so? What's that? I, 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 he's saying, well, the, will Matchroom ban players who play in WPA events? You know, they don't need to. Number one, but um, if they definitely don't need to. But yeah, but you know, but it, um, either way, they're just going to welcome everybody with open arms. I'd, I'd assume. Why, yeah. why would they? No, no upside to that. Jim, you're right. You're right. You can play in the finals and not get banned because it's an actual WPA event. So you really wouldn't yeah. be playing in a non-WPA event until after that event is over. So, yeah, I guess that was kind of obvious. 
All right. Certainly not for this reason, but yeah, I I don't know. Nate, do you think you guys have got a chance of winning the Moscone Cup now? I don't see why we wouldn't. We almost had a chance last year if uh, if we didn't pick uh, Earl as the fifth pick. I think we could have won last year. Nah. <laughs> at the end of it's, day two, if it's it certainly makes two, it more competitive. It certainly makes more competitive when you know if you're if you're one, two, three guys. Um, are, are Shane, Sky, and Fetter, you're in the game. There's no doubt. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you remove the singles match that everybody has to play. Uh, Shane, Sky, the way that you can do the schedule, Shane, Sky, or Fedor are going to be in every single match. And Jay. Yeah, and, and Jay. Jay. Yeah. yeah. Jason, when they announce Jason tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. He's got the American flag tattooed on his arm now. Uh, probably. Uh, I mean, there's there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to win. I mean, certainly make it competitive. I mean, there's there's no reason. I still think you're going to get battered, but no. Well, you're going to say that no matter what. Not no matter what. I think you probably need to take two more Europeans and then things might get interesting. Well, we got, we got, four, <laughs> got four, you got four according to Jay, so they we just got, need one got, more. Yeah, we got, we, got, uh, we got Mika and Jay, too. Yeah. Yeah. Evens. You cannot tell me that you think the U.S. would get smashed with Fedor, Shane, Sky, and Tyler as a as a core four. You, there's no freaking anybody can get smashed. Yeah, I was at Moscone Cups. So they had good teams, and the other team won twelve to one. So you know, it's it's races to five. Things happen. It can go. Ultimate the break. Darren, U.S. favorites now. Yeah, don't try that. Don't try to reverse psychology <laughs> shit on us. <laughs> wow, U.S. is overconfident now. <laughs> I kind of hope that uh, Jay, Jay does decide to come to the U.S., though, because the U.S. is so freaking bad at uh, chance to begin with. At least we'd have something besides the USA. We could at least sing the, the Jason I Shaw just, song. You know what? I'm just not buying Jason Shaw and Team USA at all. I don't think he wants any part when you get down or you don't want any part. Nobody loves. Is there anybody that hates the USA more than Jason when it comes to No, nobody, nobody, (laughs) nobody. So please. In fact, he is so freaking confident that he would never play for the U S he can joke about it on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He loves America. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, 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 (laughs) nah. I don't know. What uh is there anything else we want to discuss? I know uh Mike's got a dish out of here, but uh Chris, is there anything else you want to talk about? We're gonna to talk tomorrow anyway, aren't we? After Fedor puts his video out and after Jay announces himself for Team USA. <laughs> really got a, load of, got a load of shit to talk about. Yeah, I mean I guess it seems like this is a multiple podcast kind of week, seems right. Yeah. And I know at some point in time, uh, Mike uh, announced it earlier, kind of hinted at it. Uh, Shane Tyree is going to be coming onto the podcast at some point in time, hopefully this week, to talk about the WPA decision. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Lots because going on. It, you know, in, in his defense, the BCA did not vote in step with the eventual ban. Oh, wow. Okay. So I will give the BCA credit. I will give Shane was the one who went to uh, Atlantic City to try to have a last second sit down with Emily before he went out. And he was there right away. And he was there. And um, she said she really wasn't interested, which is her prerogative. But I give him all the credit in the world for taking swings on behalf of the U.S. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be interested to see what he says. It will be very interesting to see what he says. <clears throat> so we, we will have another podcast at some point in time this week. Uh, probably two, actually. Um, so I guess if we're going to close it out there, I, I got to give a shout out to our sponsors that make the, the podcast uh, possible. Uh, if you're checking <coughs> us out, it's because of all the great support that they do. So thank you to Jacoby Custom Cues, JacobyCustomCues.com. They are the best in the business. They support a ton. They do so much to give back to the industry. Uh, Billiards Digest, Mike Pinozo. Thank you, Mike. Uh, get yourself a Billiards Digest subscription. Insight yes. Performance Coaching, Salado, uh, Digital Pool, Onboard Sportswear, and Horo Tips, as well as we will give a shout out to the Patreons that allow us to continue doing the show. Uh, so, all of the Patreons that uh, 
continue their support month after month after month. We will give a shout out to them once I get that up because I exited out of everything because, well, Double Dave Q's, uh, Dave Wiersma, we have uh, Ed Ladawi, Cody Wedig, who is also in the chat. Uh, thank you to all you guys that Give the support back to the podcast so we'll also keep doing this. And with that, we will tune out for this week. Thank you to everybody who uh, tuned in, and see you next week. USA well, forever, Jason. America. Stripes and stripes. <laughs>